This is Sadie Miller, the voice of Sarah Jane Smith, and you're listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. Good morning and welcome to Too Much Scrolling for November 30th, 2021. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hassenfly. And we're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. And if you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Chip, one of the great things about this time of year, that week after Thanksgiving, is you get time to travel. You are sitting in an uh, uh, undisclosed location in Virginia today. You say undisclosed location. I say one of the great Chicago hamburger places, Steve. <laughs> It's spread all the way to Virginia. They know about McDonald's in Virginia. Exactly, Steve. It's where you get those crazy Chicago hamburgers that everyone craves so much. <laughs> Have you heard about the Chicago hamburger? Let's go get one. <laughs> you can't supersize it though anymore, Steve. Sorry about that. <laughs> and the rig McRib is back. <laughs> <laughs> This episode sponsored by McDonald's. Film at 11. Just to our film at 11, our movie of the week. Another thing about the week after Thanksgiving, Chip, is boy, oh boy, did I have time to watch movies this week. How about you? I did. I got to see, well, I had to prepare for my uh, my trip, but yes, I ended up getting to see some movies. And uh, one of the movies I got to see was King Richard. It came out two weeks ago. It's uh, currently on HBO Plus and on, uh, at your local theater. This is a fantastic film. It stars the Prince of Bel-Air, Steve. <laughs> the Fresh Prince. Yes, sir. Will Smith as Richard Williams, the father of Venus and Serena Williams. So tell us all about this one. Well, this is a great film because it really talks about the power a father has and his, his children's lives and why dads are important. Now, some people could say that uh, he maybe pushed his children very hard. He had five girls. He actually had more children that is addressed in the film, but the five girls he has with his wife um, are the ones that we're focused on in this story. Each one of them he's worked with to try to figure out a plan of action for him. So uh, will they be an athlete? Will they uh, go and become a doctor? Anyway, he runs a very strict household. And the idea behind it was to help them achieve something that he could never have. So, you know, think about your children and what would you want them to have? You'd like to have them at least the level of success you have, if they could have more, how wonderful. Well, King Richard wants to make, you know, Michael Jordan and Bo Jackson out of his two girls. And he achieves that. I mean, Venus and Serena Williams are the Tiger Woods uh, they are the LeBron James. They certainly are the uh, pinnacle of their sport. This is the story of his interaction with them. I cannot recommend this this movie enough. I, I think that if you have interest in mentoring, if you have interest in, in being a good dad, um, for good and bad. I mean, his wife calls him out at times and says, hey, listen, you didn't do this alone. Mm -hmm. and talks a little bit about that. But I, I'll say that this movie is 75 out of 100 and certainly something to, to catch if you, if you have interest in this. 
Nice. And it's on HBO Max, so we don't have to go to the movie theater to see that one. Do you have some but it's other? Also at, but it's also at the theater. It, that's right. You can you can go to a movie theater and you can choose to catch this one at home. Did you see any other uh, video at home that we should be interested in? Well, Steve, I saw Peter Jackson. You know, new billionaire. He's a billionaire now, Steve. He oh. sold his um, his computer company that that takes film and, and makes it. You know, as wonderful as it is. Okay. Uh, I got to see Peter Jackson's directed The Beatles Get Back. That's on Disney Plus. Uh, this documentary was released on Thanksgiving Day. It is uh, based on the Let It Be album from 1970. This is right before the Beatles end up breaking up. They, were, they convinced a, um, a filmmaker to come in and document this entire process. They're given about two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks, to put together an album. Certainly, if you've watched any of the deconstructed The Beatles lectures that we have talked about, you are well aware of what's going on at this time. And I, I do think that they are pulling directly from his process um, with, I guess, the licensing to have the original uh, film uh, footage and then cleaning up that film footage through Peter Jackson's um, company's uh, software. This is strictly for a person who has a lot of interest in this, the Beatles or this album. I found it to be very long-winded. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we only got the first part of it, but it was two hours. Okay. And I can tell you, it was, it was just trying to get through the two hours was a little challenge. And that's for a person like me who has a lot of interest in this. It just became too much. It became okay. too much for me. I'll say 50 out of 100. And once again, for those people who just really want to dive into this in a very deep level so this is episodic so you you saw episode one of Uh, this and there's three episodes so this is going to wind up being almost an eight hour adventure through all of this footage and all of this audio from this album that's uh that's pretty amazing that we have this and that peter jackson was willing to put the time in to put it together but i think the thing about documentaries is finding that story where is the story of this well i really i mean what i got from it was a lot of cigarette smoking steve they smoke a lot of cigarettes uh in addition to that is you do get the idea of they're they're putting together those songs right there and they are working on the lyrics. They're working on the, uh, the harmonies. They're they're uh, suggesting you know different instruments or how they're going to do it. I mean, you're getting truly into the writer's process, and you know you have to realize that Lennon and McCartney. I mean, they were like Tim Pan Alley. They were very strong songwriters, mm-hmm. and um, you know George Harrison's right there, and Ringo Starr is like just he knows how to keep the beat. It's like Whatever you guys need, I'm ready. And okay. when they say ready, it goes. It goes. All right. So you would hesitate to uh, suggest that one to a wide audience, but but the Beatles fanatics should at least give that one a try on Disney+. Plus. How about those Truman Capote fans out there? Oh, good grief, Steve. Um, <laughs> I have absolutely loved Truman Capote's uh, stories about the holidays growing up in Alabama. Alabama seems to be like one of those great places to set your story because it's a little mysterious. You know, uh, there's there's some dark parts to it, but certainly something very magical in that area. And Truman Capote's stories of growing up in the 30s um, from, you know, the, the Thanksgiving guest where 
you really asked a pretty deep question on, you know, if you remember, Buddy accuses a, a boy that he doesn't like of stealing something as he, after he invites him to the Thanksgiving table. And Buddy gets in trouble, not, not because, uh, you know, announcing that the kid stole something, which was absolutely correct, but by embarrassing his guests. And, and you're being asked a question of like, uh, if, if a person is uh, going through some, some real challenging times, you know, what is the proper way to, to work with, with a, a person who's going through some challenging times? Mm-hmm. I, I, that is a really fascinating story. And of course, you know, it's fruitcake weather, Steve. It's you yes, know, the, the short story story of uh, Suki and Buddy as they put together their um, uh, money to, to put together the, the fruitcakes that they'll send to the president and all their friends. Right. So this is a, a based on those short stories. It's called One Christmas. This was a made-for-TV movie. I saw it. I saw that Truman Capote um, was the inspiration of this story. It stars Catherine Hepburn in her final performance, hmm. which Catherine, I don't think, could perform anymore after this because it was awful. Uh, and then we have Henry, the loons, the loons, <laughs> Henry, the loons. <laughs> and, Henry, and Henry Winkler was uh, starring in this as... Yeah, as Henry Winkler should. You know, yeah, a person from Alabama and <laughs> New Orleans. He he captures that really really well. <laughs> so so you did not like this movie, even though you are a fan of Truman Capote and the storytelling. The storytelling really really didn't fit with this filmmaking, huh? Not only that, I don't think they even got the story right. I I cannot help. But things I have not read this story, but the idea is Buddy goes down to visit his father, who is not have any relationship with, and his father is kind of a, a ladies' man. He's trying; he's kind of a con man, and he has everything in the world go wrong with him. He's trying to become wealthy, and ultimately, um, Buddy doesn't like being with his dad if he gets sent home. I don't know if that's really the message that we're supposed to get out of this, but this is the message I got out of it. This was awful. Uh, I would say, I don't know, 15 out of 100. Okay. Uh, if you want to you know, suffer through a Christmas movie that's not as good as a Hallmark movie, this is a good one to, to start with. And Catherine Hepburn, oh, bless that woman, because she is just, she's shaking through the whole thing. She's trying to be nuanced, but she just, her body just won't let her. It's just, right. um, I don't know if it's Parkinson's and... Um, uh, just age just certainly have prevented her um, performance. Anyway, there you go. There One you Christmas. Go. I got a chance to see the documentary about Kevin Smith that I've been waiting for for a year now. This is simply called Clerk, and it is all about that Kevin Smith. That Kevin Smith, not our Kevin Smith, that Kevin Smith, that guy that, that makes those movies, those view askew films that I just love so much. So, director of, of Clerks. Clerks. And, and Clerks 2 and Mallrats and a whole bunch of other stuff. And the upcoming and, Clerks 3 that I anticipate with bated breath. I will, I will watch the heck out of anything that Kevin Smith has written. 
So tell me a little bit about this documentary, Steve. This is one of those good documentaries where the filmmaker has made a story instead of just a chronology. This is not just, hey everybody, here's what Kevin Smith did in 1994, and here's what he did in 1995. This is going to the heart of who this man is. One thing we know about Kevin Smith is he's really good with words, and he's able to share his thoughts. Uh, a lot let's just I'm being nice he talks a lot and the thing that you have to do with Kevin Smith is shut him down this documentary does a great job of taking the words of Kevin Smith listening to what he has to say and then switching to a different scene with different people talking about Kevin Smith instead of Kevin Smith talking about Kevin Smith well, certainly Kevin Smith likes pop culture. He likes mm -hmm. uh, the references of this. And you know, he's become his own character. Yeah. He, and I mean, Steve, if you wanted to play Kevin Smith, would you find, what, a hockey jersey and wearing a, baseball, a backward baseball cap? That's it. You, it. There's a look to Kevin Smith. There's a feel. When you go talk to Kevin Smith, you know what you're going to get. All of his podcasting, all of his radio, all of his interviews, you know this man because he will tell you all about anything you want to know about Kevin Smith. That's the theme of this documentary is how he invented this character of Kevin Smith coming from New Jersey, coming from poverty, learning the craft of filmmaking, and then from that reinventing himself over and over and over again until he is now the Kevin Smith. He is that character. And I adore listening to him talk. I will pay money to go and listen to this man talk because he's such a great storyteller. And this documentary does all of that a great justice. I suggest Clerk to anybody that's enjoyed a Kevin Smith film, even if it's Tusk. Okay, Tusk is a terrible film. And they talk about that in this documentary. They talk about how it's a crazy idea. Justin Long went along with it, and they made this crazy movie that is not for everybody. This documentary, this one's for everybody. All right, Steve, we also had a horror film because, you know, it's Black Friday. Yeah. Did you did you enjoy Black Friday? Did you go out and do any shopping, Chip? I did not, Steve. I got to go visit James Madison and Dolly Madison. Nice. In, uh, in Virginia. How are they doing? They're doing well. They're still underground. They're dead. But you know what? They could come back as zombies. Yes. I, <laughs> there you go. There's the transition of the year right there. I got to watch Black Friday. This is the horror comedy about a group of toy store employees who are waiting for the horde of shoppers that are coming into their store on Black Friday. And then the twist is there's a parasitic infection and these shoppers are actually zombies that are building something in the store. And the, the store employees have to protect themselves and save the world. Steve, is there an army of darkness or anything that needs to come from this? 
There should have been. There should have been because Bruce Campbell is featured as the star of this movie along with Devin Sawa. And I got to tell you, it is it is one of the worst Bruce Campbell movies I've ever seen. I did not like this movie. I love Bruce Campbell. He ha- he is the most charismatic person maybe I've ever met ever. And his charisma is not used well in this movie. This movie is a mess of a story there's no beginning middle and end there's just another uh, piece of uh, this guy is battling this zombie and now now we're going to move on to the next piece and the there's no cohesive the ending of this movie this was apparently happening at every big box store across the country and so there's all these big uh kaiju style monsters that come out of this and the movie just ends because there's kaijus walking around the end i I did i do not suggest black friday i don't think that anybody who's a bruce campbell fan will enjoy this for its bruce campbellness uh that's a skip it for me for sure all right right, and we also have something that you know if you're peacocking around the house maybe you're watching Good. Back to our conversation about going to the movies versus staying at home. The Peacock, the NBC app that has all of the great stuff that they're putting out, gave us a gift this week. Saved by the Bell Season 2 was released on Peacock. All ten episodes, half hour each, so five hours of Saved by the Bell 2021. Uh, Let me just say, Chip... Today is Tuesday, and I don't have any more Saved by the Bell to watch. <laughs> well, I mean, that's one way to spend the holidays. I watched all <laughs> I watched all ten episodes of this in like forty-eight hours. I loved this two pieces. Did the you watch writing... Saved by the Bell as a as, as a young person? Yes, I did. In high school, that was right before I left high school to go on to college. Saved by the Bell was uh In my study of acting and in my study of writing, that was right in there as something that I looked at and went, this is how you put together a almost stage-like TV show that they branched out a little bit in in the further years. But that beginning start with Haley Mills as the featured teacher in Saved by the Bell was a study in acting and writing. This new season is very much that same study. The writers here are giving us a 21st century view with a giant dollop of nostalgia for the 90s. The characters from the 90s are the adults dealing with the next generation of kids in Saved by the Bell, and I I ate this up. So who is this aimed towards, you, or is it aimed towards young people? I think it's both. I think, I think Dashiell Driscoll, the writer on this, has found a way to give us the 21st century issues of high school along with the nostalgia for the 90s and our admiration for all of these characters and all of these actors for the last 30 years. Well, Steve, you know, it's that magic time of year when the holidays start and all the great big blockbusters come out and COVID's still around. So let's talk about the movies coming out this week. It's also that week, that that lost week after Thanksgiving where where not much happens. So we our list of movies is not that 
list of blockbusters this week. We need a black comedy, Steve. Oh, I think that this is the uh, black comedy of the week. I think this is, if I was going to choose one of these movies that I was going to seek out, it would be Silent Night this week. This is the story of a family that's gathering together to have one perfect Christmas. Except for one thing, there is a poisonous cloud that's going to kill them all in the morning. So this is their last chance. This looks wonderful. I don't know if it looks wonderful, Steve, but you know what? It is uh, the holiday season. Steve, is there a really bad looking Christmas movie we could watch? (laughs) Yes. On the independent film scale, there's another Christmas movie coming out called Twas the Night. This is a uh, independent film is the nicest way I can put this. This this does look terrible. It's a family that uh, is putting on Christmas Eve dinner, except the twist on this one is there's a dead body in the house that they're trying to hide from their family. This it doesn't look like there's a Santa Claus, see? Uh, C-L-A-U-S-E. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying? You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes, that's right. There isn't a Santa Claus in this one. <laughs> we have a movie called The Death of a Telemarketer. This one it's, features... This is like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, Glen Gary, Glen Ross, 2021. This features a smooth-talking telemarketer who finds himself at the mercy of a man that he tried to swindle on the phone. This features Chicago's very own Lamorne Morris, along with Jackie Earl Haley, and, just to be confusing, Haley Joel Osment is in this one. Yeah, this doesn't look particularly good, Steve, no. but maybe we have better chance if we went to Texas and you know, had a story about a washed-up porn star. What would that be? And, and, okay, so I when I first looked at this one, I thought, no, 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 this looks terrible. But the trailer's good on Red Rocket. Like you said, a porn star returns home to a small Texas town and uh, tries to find his place. And I, I got to say, I'm pulling for this character in Red Rocket. And to be honest, this looks like the best of the movies that so far. But the oddest of the movies I'm going to go ahead and throw out there is our next movie. Good. This one's called Wolf. And this is a story. This is Lily Rose Depp. By the way, this is our second Lily Rose Depp movie of the week. She is also in Silent Night, that black comedy that we mentioned earlier. Lily Rose Depp is in a situation where there's a young boy who believes he is a wolf. And uh, there's... (laughs) So he's going to go to like a sanatorium for people Uh who think they're animals. And And then then they're going to fall in love, Steve. This looks like a touching, touching film. This this reminds me so much of the lobster from 2015. Do you remember the lobster? Sure. A very similar situation there where Colin Farrell wants to become a lobster and all of these other people want to become different animals and they apparently at the end turn into those animals and go live in the woods. I, that's a very similar story to Wolf this week. Steve, I am in Virginia. I drove through Richmond in Virginia and there's Monument Avenue. And there is a movie that celebrates Arthur Ashe. Is there a documentary that I should be watching this week? Yeah, the documentary is called Citizen Ash. And I have high expectations for what this documentary can tell us all about that tennis star. This looks very good. And there's also one that should be of interest to us. This is called Try Harder. And it's also a documentary. It's about seniors at the best public high schools in the country. Basically, the pressures they, they fear 
because you know they want to go to Northwestern, they want to go to Stanford, they want to go to Duke, they want to go to Virginia, they want to go to Georgetown, they want to go all the great schools. And is this the best use of their intellect? And, and that's that's one of the questions I think that this uh, documentary looks like. So we all uh, asking, try mm-hmm. harder. This looks really really good. That mental pressure to to succeed, that if you don't make it into an elite college, you won't find success. There, there's a lot going on in that documentary. And, you know, the great part about it is I can go ahead and tell you that you can go to your local public college and, you know, you can choose your graduate school after. So, you know, if you are a high performer, you can be a high performer at uh, James Madison um, you can be a, a high performer. I mean, I'm in Virginia, so I might as well just name a bunch of Virginia schools. At Mary Washington, you know, those schools can prepare you. Um, you're going to rise to the cream regardless. So it doesn't really matter where you go. That was my feeling watching the trailer for sure. Is if yes, you can succeed and you can do it without the mental strain that we see in this trailer. Steve, let's lighten things up. What's on NBC this week? It is live TV time coming up on the holidays, getting colder outside, everybody's sitting around. NBC is bringing out Annie live this week. I look forward to this rendition of Annie, Harry Connick Jr. as Daddy Warbucks. He's going to shave his head, Steve. He's he's wearing a bald cap, but okay. (laughs) He will he will look like he shaved his head. The the big star for me is Taraji P. Henson. She's gonna play Miss Hannigan. I love Taraji P. Henson, and I look forward to what she's gonna do with that character. Titus Burgess is there as Rooster as well. I will tell my students that they will be watching Annie this week. So once again, NBC puts together a musical, it seems like every year, but Mm -hmm. NBC also sort of recreates a lot of the sitcoms that many people grew up with. Tell us a little bit about Live in Front of a Studio Audience, Steve. I love this idea. ABC has been doing this. This is the third year that they've taken a Norman Lear script. They've taken two at a time, actually, and taken those old Norman Lear scripts and recreated them with a star-studded cast. This year, they're going to do an episode of The Facts of Life and an episode of Different Strokes. What are you talking about, Willis? (laughs) Did you you take a peek at the star-studded cast? Who is going to be playing Arnold? No, is it going to be a person from Avenue Q? It's Kevin Hart. Oh. Kevin Hart is going, is going to play, going to play Arnold? Arnold Jackson. And Damon Wayans is going to play Willis. And John Lithgow is playing Philip Drummond. It, it writes itself, right? Don't you see this? Don't you th- think Kevin this Hart's is going to be gonna spectacular? He's going to play I will be tuning into this <laughs> so much. This is going to be entertainment on a but different they, level. They did John Lithgow um, to play uh, as you know, the neighbors above. You know, the, the couple up above. He's got to come down. I look forward to the first two years of this were fantastic to see that writing from Norman Lear brought back to the screen was fantastic for the first two years. I look forward to the, the absolute comedy that these men will bring to this. Two adults. 
That's 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 acting, Steve. That's called that, Doesn't that sound just like a joy to watch? Don't you just don't you? Isn't your imagination taking off right now with Kevin Hart and Damon Wayans as those kids? Well, you know, Kevin Hart's probably the size. Book it, 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 book it. Brings us to our book it, our book of the week. Chip, you have been reading, and you've got a book about color this week. Sure, it's called On Color. It's from 2018, from David Caston. Um, this is a history of color, sort of a, a, a philosophical um, exploration of the individual colors, how it's made, the science behind it, why it was you know expensive or not expensive, and how color was used. So basically every chapter takes an individual color, maybe the color of the rainbow, and kind of breaks it down um, along with you know, black and white and gray. I absolutely like this story, this exploration of, of, of color. What we need to know about our author is he is a, uh, a scholar. He also is an artist who paints. And he basically did an investigation of just sort of how color gets used. So, uh, you know, it's Christmas time. Um, and, you know, if you were going to put together a painting and you wanted to show that this person was Mary, you're dealing with a group of people who are illiterate, you know, how would you demonstrate that this is Mary? Well, mm -hmm. typically you would put a blue cloth over her. That blue cloth says this is Mary and you know it's Mary. What's the significance of blue? How was blue made and why was that color chosen for her? Well, there was an expense of putting together. It was a color that was um, uh, more expensive than most colors to put together. It, it pops, you know, there's, we get a, a lot of this sort of why it ends up uh, becoming a color of choice, how it changed, how we view things, uh, how painting and how, you know, photography, you know, we, we get a lot of breakdowns um, from this. Orange is from the, the fruit orange, mm -hmm. um, but you know, every culture recognizes orange as its own distinct color. So we get a breakdown and, and kind of a conversation on that. Every single color of the rainbow gets broken down here. And you, maybe you can figure out what the difference between violet and purple is, Steve. Um, it's, it's, it's there and you can talk about it. But I mean, I, as I'm, I'm listening to this, this is exactly the type of intellectual tickling that you want in your, your brain, along with, um, you know, just enough lightness that, you know, you're not being bogged down, like trying to save the world. This is, okay. this is really a, uh, a beautiful exploration. I like this so much. I ended up going to another book after this that we'll talk about at some point in the future. But I, I like this. Because you studied design and art for a while, right? I did. And, and what many may fail to realize is that your surroundings, the colors that are chosen, the, um, the, the fabrics, the, you know, any type of uh, the woods, the natural uh, parts, they have an impact on how you view yourself. And um, so, you know, what colors are best to put where in your life? Your office, you, what do you want to be? You want to be focused, calm, things of that nature. What colors would be best for those? If you're working with a client and you wanted to create a, a meeting space and you want to sit down with them, what would be a, a good uh, color to, to put around you, a cup of lighting? With, 
would that make people feel calm and confident and, and comfortable talking? Um, if you wanted to intensify a situation or force something, we, we all know that uh, restaurants use red and, and yellows and stuff like that as intensifier. They um, they make you hungry and gregarious and stuff like that. So there, there's a there's a use of uh, of color. And then um, if you were in your surroundings and you were not feeling well, maybe you were feeling blue all the time, something like that. It, are you using colors that um, are, are creating that um, sensation? And maybe you need to change that. Hmm. I, I'm fascinated by the use of color, how to have enhance your, your, your life and, and, and create the environments that you want. I, I just did a walk through uh, Montpelier, James and Dolly Madison's home, and they, they certainly did. They used color and they used a lot of symbol, uh, symbolic artwork to basically say, hey, we're a modern person, but we're, we're, you know, we're not dogmatic in some areas. These types of things are certainly of interest to me. This book certainly um, helped me understand it on a deeper uh, level. And I learned about how they used to make paint, Steve, and I won't tell you how, but let's just say that, you know, when you use the restroom, it's available. <laughs> There's a lot of use for uh, different different liquids uh, in our society. And yes, dry cleaning is a great science as well. <laughs> <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted to know how they made leather and it smells so special <laughs> there's a bucket out front just in case you, you... Okay. donations <laughs> <laughs> so so color is so important you're sitting in a mcdonald's looking around and talking about the colors of that place red and yellow and there's a big orange sign behind you those those colors that design i talk about this in my class with computers and how we can design things that attract thoughts the, the 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 idea that a picture is worth a thousand words the colors in that picture are many of those words and, and that's a good point steve you immediately you're teaching design and how to use computer and how to use um, the fonts and the uh the colors that are available to you in publishing right and through right. through the computer you immediately know amateur when you see it and you really know um, and, and here's the issue is that when you are working with someone who is so skilled at it, it just feels so natural that you, you didn't think it was work. Mm -hmm. And there's the, there's the magic of it. So your surroundings um, can help define you if you're not feeling comfortable in your home, if you're not feeling comfortable in your surroundings. You know, there is a way out of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not always more things. It can be just you know, the use of color. If you wanted to know more about it, this book is a fantastic exploration of that. Nice. On Color by David Caston, published in 2018. Scroll with it. Brings us to our scroll with it. Uh, Can I it's... interest you in Hanukkah? <laughs> Happy it's a festival Hanukkah. of lice. It's a festival That's of lice, right. Hanukkah started on Sunday night and is running through December 6th. So happy Hanukkah to all of our friends who celebrate that part of the holiday season. Oil that burns most slowly. <laughs> it's, it's, Stephen Cobain, John Stewart. 
It's a candle. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Can I interest you in Hanukkah? What a great song that is. (laughs) Yeah, that's in our show notes if you want to click on that. I'm sure it's going to sell you on Hanukkah. (laughs) And and he's doing such a a good job of doing that stereotype Jewish voice while he's talking to Stephen Colbert about Hanukkah. It's the 25th of Kislev, Steve. (laughs) When's that? I'll get back back to you. (laughs) For all the Christians out there, it's like trying to figure out when Easter is. You know, it's there. It'll be on the calendar. (laughs) Jumps around. Hanukkah jumps around. And right now, it's Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah, everyone. (laughs) Chicago TARDIS is over for 2021. Looking forward to the 2022 version of our Doctor Who convention. Yes. Doctor Who is fantastic. I I miss conventions so much, and it's been so great to be able to be in a place with all of our friends, to see all the people, to see all the costumes, and the joy that this TV, this dumb TV show brings to our community. Uh, if you haven't been to Chicago TARDIS, if you haven't been watching Doctor Who, I suggest both things very strongly. And the beautiful part is that it comes out every year. And if you wanted to plan it, you plan your trip to Chicago area. And then, you know, of course, it takes place the weekend of Black Friday. So, right. you know, you can go get your Black Friday shopping done and go to a convention and, you know, meet all those actors and writers and all those other people who are, are fans of this uh, series. So, Steve, what did we learn at Chicago TARDIS this week? I've learned that it's important to come together, that our gathering is important to our well-being. Seeing these people, being in the room, breathing the same air with these people, even with masks, even with everything going on, it's important to be together. Who is Omicron, Steve? Who is Omicron? (laughs) The the variant of our... (laughs) The variant of COVID that's coming out is Omicron. And I swear to God, Chip, I swear to you, Omicron sounds like a Doctor Who villain. There's got to be a connection between this virus and Doctor Who. Is he from Southern Africa? (laughs) If you remember, they went to South Africa to film two years ago. Of course. I absolutely remember that, Steve. I, I, I was right on the tip of my tongue. I was going to bring it up, but I didn't want to steal your thunder here. <laughs> the South African variant, Omicron. I think that Omicron has to be voiced by Orson Welles. I think that's the only way to do it. The brain? <laughs> no, I was thinking of Unicron from the Transformers movie that was voiced by Orson Welles. <laughs> Steve, not only did you have the joy of going to a Doctor Who convention, the Mads are coming back. They have something for us. What do they want to tell us, Steve? Uh, Yes. The mad scientists from Mystery Science Theater are still around. They are still showing us bad movies and, and doing science experiments on us. The Mads are back, are going to bring us the worst movie of all time, Manos, The Hands of Fate, on December 14th. 
TV's Frank was the one who discovered Manos, and now he finally gets to riff it with special guest, Little Debbie herself, Jackie Naaman Jones, friend of the show. Little Debbie from Manos is going to be riffing this movie with Frank and Trace. Go to themadsareback.com. Please don't miss this. Please be in attendance for this on December 14th. And this is a streaming event, so you can watch it from all over the world, Steve. That's right. As as COVID was creeping in on us, the the tour of the Mads are back that they went around the country doing this fun riffing of bad movies, they transitioned into a live streaming event. So every month... They are asking you for a very small ticket fee to see this joy that they bring. I recommend the Mads are back as, as strongly as I can possibly recommend it. Well, Steve, I need to go. I've got some uh, candles to light. I thought you were going to say some Egg McMuffins to pick up at the counter. <laughs> McDonald's. Red and yellow. You get some of those famous Chicago hamburgers, Steve. That's right. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I hope so. If you need more information, if you have something you want to share with us, give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is TooMuchScrolling.com. Our email is TooMuchScrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. And I'm Mick Chip. That's my plug. You know what you really need? You need a McRib. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the future.